It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Turn your TV down. I'm thinking about Prince John. The pizza is convenient. And the money on the app, you have to use it up. I'm thinking exactly what I agree. Shut the fuck up and move on. Unless every day is an attention getting me. So when I get it, good luck, my dude. Positive, never negative. All right, race fans. Sorry about that delay there. Uh, a little, little technical difficulty on our end, but we got it situated. If the uh, if the beginning of that that didn't get you more sponsor did. Glad to have y'all here on this Monday night. It's race chat live. We've got Chris here, Taz. Craig Moore, I believe, uh, with his F-bombs early in the show. How the are you, Craig? I'm, I'm, just, I'm just lovely. I didn't realize you had me unmuted already. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't well, was like, if anybody here. Trying to get everything hooked up, but... Uh, well, you know, it just wouldn't be right if I didn't open the open the show. But we are we are open for business and ready to talk racing. Hopefully, you've uh, shared out the link, and uh, we've got folks listening in now. Uh, glad to be here on this Monday night, boy. Oh boy, it's it's the countdown for sure. It's the final countdown. Uh, yeah. Craig is the DJ, but I'm the, always the one that drops the, the little music hints. I, I don't get it. You would think that uh, the DJ of the joint uh, would would uh, either be, one, impressed by all my musical lyrics and my singing, of course, because I'm sure he's heard a lot worse being uh, a DJ and karaoke master of the northeastern coast, but... Uh, Nope, most of the time when I drop my little tunes, they go straight over the DJ's head. So, uh, no, actually, they don't. No, Chris, you're wrong. Actually, they don't. Um, I hear I'm them, and then I just, 
I do what I do to my children when they ask me for money. I tune them out. No. Ooh. Shots fired. And so uh, we're going to start out with shots fired. Might as well start out with the news that Danica Patrick will be joining Sky, uh, Sky Racing. Of course, if you don't watch Formula One racing on ESPN, you may not know what we're talking about. But Sky Broadcasting Company uh, does the uh, Formula One races. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you a little something about Sky. There's no commercials. It's amazing. To watch an hour-and-a-half race, two-hour race, and not have a single commercial on. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, Danica Badger is going to join that group, so we'll see if uh, how that works out. But I'm sure that we have so much more news to talk about. Matter of fact, so much news that we're well. Hopefully, your broadcast. Hope, Chris. Hopefully, your broadcast career is a lot better than a friggin' racing career. As of this moment, and what we've seen at the SRX deal, I'm just not really sure. I think they both uh, uh, suck. (laughs) Well, you know. Uh, But you know, I read an article about Danica Patrick and. Uh, somebody was criticizing her, saying that uh, that she actually, uh, instead of progressing the sport for for women, that she actually t- took a, a step backwards, uh, based off of her provocativeness. That uh, she was too flashy, so to speak, and uh, you know that's uh, those strong words. I mean, uh, Danica did had a lot of racy commercials. And you know, when I'm saying racy, I'm not meaning by on the racetrack. I'm talking about uh, she uh, definitely was not afraid to to be the symbol that she had become. Um, but, uh, you know, and I guess. Well, I always said that. What I always said that she was I can take advantage of that, really. I mean, you tell me what superstar athlete doesn't take advantage of that, whether it's male or female. I mean, we're all acting like we haven't seen a picture of a guy with his hat turned around backwards showing off his six-pack chest with a baseball bat. That's me. Come on, man. No, I, I, you know, listen, the first thing they tell you in marketing class is one of the first things is sex sells. So... NASCAR knew exactly what they were doing. They weren't stupid. Dale Jr. did, too, when he brought her in. He didn't bring her in because she was a hell of a race car driver. He brought her in because he knew that money was coming with her. And that's exactly it. But I think we've spent way too much time on that little tramp, and I think we should move forward. Oh, because we actually have something to talk about with Texas? Hopefully. Which is typically true, but I believe this weekend was a lot more entertaining than what we expected. I was a little disappointed with the Jeff Gluck poll. Obviously, 56% of the nation felt that Texas was not a good race. If you watched the Xfinity race, I don't know how you weren't entertained in that race. Uh, That race was just, I mean, it was, I don't think they raced three consecutive laps without a costume. That's the type of racing that you enjoy or consider a good race. I mean, I thought I considered a good race because... I love side-by-side restarts, but, uh, you know, it seemed to Texas to 500 started out a little bit slow, but uh, by lap 50, man, or 50 laps to go, the whole perception of the race completely changed and I think was a lot more entertaining in those closing 50 laps uh, than than the rest of the race. 
I really, and we'll get Taz on here in a minute, but I think your favorite Mexican said it best. He was not given an inch. Oh, no doubt. And, I think Martin Jr. was a little upset. I heard the PRN interview, but, you know, Suarez was right. Look, he's not there to make any friends, and he felt like Trucks pinched him, and so he didn't let out of it. And, you know, Trucks, uh, we've talked about Trucks this season. We've talked about him in the playoffs. We've all agreed that he's hitting on all cylinders. This is not the the dominant Truex team, the, the you know, where he was in the big three for several years. This has not been – but, you know, Bartonsville's coming up. He's won three out of four races there. So he is a contender. I just think that there's other favorites that are – there are other drivers that are in favor at this point in time over Martin Truex. And he definitely dug him a hole uh, with the uh, accident. But, but so did Joey Logano. Uh, Craig Moore, and that that worries me. The Penske, the Penske favorite, so to speak. There, uh, he's uh, a lost motor man. I mean, you just don't see that often in the playoffs, and you definitely don't expect it out of a Roush uh, Yates motor. So, uh, hopefully, they've figured out what caused that power plant to decease itself. Uh, but uh, it looks like Ryan Blaney and Keselowski look to be the favorites going into the next several races, but. We'll have to play it out to see. Hey, Taz, are you with us? I don't know. Am I? He's oh, there you are. The entire time. Where was well, he? he was quiet. I'm not used to that. <laughs> so, Taz, so, Taz, what do you think of Chris's favorite uh, Daniel Suarez there finally telling Truex, enough is enough. I'm not here to be a a back marker. I'm here to uh, race. I think a lot of drivers are like that. It's not just Suarez, because there's a few of them that have said, okay, enough's enough. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to prove, make my, make a name for myself and, you know, not here to race, he, prove that I belong where I am, and that's pretty much about it. It's not just Suarez. I mean, Suarez has been the more outspoken one about it, but I think there's a number of guys this year that have pretty much proved their point this year. And unfortunately, Suarez has been the only outspoken one. I think yeah. uh, Reddick was pretty outspoken today on Sirius XM Radio. I don't, I'm not sure if you were able to listen to that, Taz, but I do know that my fellow friend Craig Moore has Sirius XM Radio. And Tyler Reddick was quick to say with Daniel Trotta and Larry McReynolds that, you know, look, there, there, he's racing his own race. Like he's he's out there to win, and he understands that they, that he's racing people that are racing for a championship. But it, but it, first and foremost, he's racing to win. He had a really good feeling about the Texas race. And let me tell you something, guys. We're seeing William Byron. We're seeing Tyler Reddick, possibly Daniel Suarez. Man, I'm telling you, the talent is not lack thereof in the Cup Series right now. I think we've got a new breed coming. I do too, and I think I think it's going to be dangerous once they all get on equal footing next year. Um, and I mean equal footing as far as you're all going to be running the same cars, uh, the same style cars. Um, you know, and this, this new next gen car is pretty much it's a brand new car for all of them. It doesn't matter the make and model. They've got to learn this thing all over again. So I think that you know it's going to put. 
it's going to put the teams like Trackhouse and things like that on the back burner. Now, I will say, going back to your Joey Legato comment, that once his engine expired, and he said there was really no warning. There was really no warning in it. Uh, you could tell the concern on other crew chiefs, you know, just to get them by till the end of the race. So, I mean, luckily for every other team, there wasn't an issue. But because, like you said, Chris, those those Roush Fenway motors, they're usually they're usually brick. You're usually not trying to penetrating them. Well, the one thing with the young guys that uh, you guys are talking about is that, yes, there's a new breed of competition, but unfortunately it's come at a time where the next gen has come in and a lot of people expected it to come sooner. And I don't know if it's because these young guys had so much pressure on them early on that they just didn't live up to it. And once the pressure got off them, they're finally showing who they are. So I think without the pressure, they're finally showing, and we just gave them too much pressure way too early. Excuse me. Well, I I think that, you know, in this sport or in any sport, you're in the big leagues. You're not in you're not in double A or triple A ball. You're not in the truck series. You're not in the Xfinity series. You're in the Cup series because you are the best of the best. They don't have there's no room for people that don't want to run um up to the top. And I think a lot of these people they hold back on the uh you know, well, they're not gonna they're not gonna pay much attention to me, so I'm just gonna run here in in mid pack. Well, you're running in mid pack, it's gonna cost you sponsorship dollars, it's gonna piss off your team owner and it's gonna disappoint your fans. They should all be going out and giving hundred and ten percent no matter what team they're running for. So, I mean, that's just my two cents. Well, the Xfinity, race, I, the Xfinity race, I didn't get to see, and I didn't miss, and I uh, didn't get to watch the highlights. But the Cup Series race, I at least watched the highlights on Cup, the speed there. And, yeah, what a dominant performance from Mr. Uh, Kyle Larson there. I mean, leading about, what, three-quarters of the race? Well, I don't think anybody was going to take him unless unless, uh, they had some help, and there was obviously no help for him 90% of the day. Yeah, he... Yeah, leading 256 of the, what was it, 300, 334 laps it was. So, and Byron led 55, Kyle Busch led 20, Hamlin led 2. It was uh, nice to see Hamlin go out, I'm not going to lie. Truex, Truex led one single lap, but that's your lap leaders. But, I mean, Hendrick put on, I mean, Larson was, basically the show, but Hendricks put on 300 of those laps in two cars. Yeah. So, I think Byron, I really think Byron is coming into his own. 
Byron's coming. I think he's Byron's gonna... come. Byron has coming into his own. But my thing with Byron is that this year he's had his good spills and then he's had his bad spills. And I think his lack of inconsistency is is what killed him this year, in a sense. Yeah, he did enough to get into the playoffs, which is great. But I think he had potential to move forward. But I had so much question for the first two rounds for him because he showed inconsistency. <laughs> well, the only thing that was consistent in those first two rounds for him was his inconsistency. I mean, I, I'm, I've been a Hendrick fan for 20 years. Uh, you know, I've always liked – I've always thought they were good. Um, but their mark is that they can deliver when need be. Finally, Byron's coming into his own. And I, I'm going to tell you, I think he's, I think he's going to, uh, I think he's going to get a checkered flag before the end of the season. I said it last week that, and, I, and I'll stick through to it for this week. I think that you're going to get winners that are uh, not in the playoffs, and it's going to screw the entire championship picture of case in point. Saturday's Xfinity race with John Hunter Nemechek winning, winning. I mean, well, he got in the playoffs. And he he essentially, I mean, he didn't. He won, so none of the playoff drivers are locked into the championship in Phoenix. Good move on his part. So I mean, with points on the Xfinity and Cup side, and uh, Craig, I'm sorry if I cut you off. Or I don't know if I'm if I did. I apologize. Um, but yeah, John Hunter throwing the wrench in there, which means no guaranteed driver for Xfinity has locked the championship spot as of yet. Uh, but points right now, Albendinger currently leads 30 points in the good. Austin Sindrick right on his tails, uh, four points behind him with 26 points in the good. Justin Allgaier is four points in the good. Noah Gregson is the final cutoff driver, two points in the good. Daniel Hemrick sits two points out in fifth. Justin Haley in sixth, six points out. Harrison Burton, don't hit the panic button yet, but I would that team needs to strategize a little bit there because they're 21 points out. And Brandon Jones, same deal. He's close to – he's about half a race out, but he's 32 points uh, outside looking in for the Joe Gibbs 19 machine. If we go over to the Cup Series, Kyle Larson with his win, dominating win yesterday, um, he's locked into the championship four, which leaves three drivers will get in on points as we speak right now. And that, in looking at that, you have Ryan Blaney sitting 17 points in the good, Denny Hamlin sitting nine points in the gut, and Kyle Busch, eight points in the gut. Chase Elliott, eight points, eight points out. All right, not bad. Brad Keselowski, 15 points out. Still good an amount to work with. Martin Drex Jr. might have to strategize better because they're 22 points out. And Joey Logano, nearly a whole race out, is 43 points out. May I add that Joey Logano's had a blown motor 
for the first time in seven years, guys. Seven years. Yeah. I mean, that was just, I'm guaranteeing you that was just a freak fart. Guaranteeing you that was just a freak fart. Do you um, think Brad Kowski slid the mechanic a couple of extra bills there, you know? Yeah, it could be. You know? I don't think anything is uh, um, not possible when it comes to racing. I don't know. It's just uh, Joey O'Donnell's got a lot of ground to make up. I think he's in a must-win situation. Um, well, I don't, he likes to I don't fight is not a must-win, but he's got to be consistent. And when he said that, I, I thought to myself, dude, are you done? Yeah, I don't think he's in a must-win just yet. I believe that if he can take Kansas and run towards the front and keep the rest of the playoff drivers behind him, obviously he doesn't have to worry about Larson. Larson is really nothing to worry about at this point. Um, but I'm, I don't think Logano should be hitting the panic button just yet. He's, yeah, he's nearly, a, he's nearly a whole race out right now, but I believe, uh, if my memory serves me right, Logano and Kansas are work well hand-in-hand, hand, so Logano can make up some points here and then leave Martinsville as, um, as a track where he can capitalize on, and we've seen how he is on short tracks. He runs well as long as he's in the right position. And he's won at Martinsville before. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, it, it's we got a long way to Sunday and a short time to get there, as they said in the Smokey and the Bandit movie. Um, we got our guest coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, I've got to shoot her our, our phone number. What is our call-in number? I forgot what it is, and I can't access it while I'm on the phone. Maybe I can. Nope. So, I mean, it's definitely going to, like I said, it's definitely going to be interesting, and we'll have to see. We'll have to see how it plays out. <laughs> Turn the mic on, dumbass. Seven one eight six six four nine eight six one. I was wondering why you didn't hear me. So what the hell? <laughs> Oh, that's wow. good. That's good. Look at that. Yeah. Stat. I mean, we had we had a stat before the Texas race where Larson has won as many races, seven races in the first 32 uh, races of the season, and the only driver to really do that before Larson was good old seven times, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, now he's got win number eight on the board, and after this, he's now 54 laps away from breaking the record. Uh, well, Jeff Gordon set in 2001 for most laps led in a 36-race season. Yep. Yep. That's that's pretty badass stats there, man. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Hey, I just want to let you guys know we're under 30 days. Awesome. 30 days, under 30 days, and I'll be sitting in sunshine again. And not 45 degree weather at 8 o'clock at night. (laughs) 
And and the house is so cold, I could almost see my breath because she refuses to turn the heat on. Yeah. She said it's That's not November first yet. <laughs> November 1st right yeah we we try to keep the power bill low as well um, <laughs> so what, what do you guys take from this weekend I mean we're having a little dead air time uh, there's uh, uh, I would say that Craig made a point last week saying that a non-playoff driver could win any of these races and yet in the Xfinity series it proved it. Am I surprised by that winner? Uh, honestly, no, with how he's performed in the truck series and finally getting actually actual good equipment this year. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that he that he won at Texas to be very honest. And in a sense, I'm kind of surprised he's not locked into a Xfinity ride yet. For next year. Um, yeah, well, he but, just re-signed with KBM. Yeah, yeah. that's what so. surprises me. I, I feel like he's proven himself in the truck series. I mean, I can understand if he wants to develop himself more, but I really feel like that Gibbs could be missing a goal and opportunity with John Hunter running in the Xfinity series. And I agree. And I disagree, and here's why I say that. He's running well in the Camping World Truck Series. He's obviously going to bring him a title. Um, Why not stay there one more year and see who Joe Gibbs gets pissed off at and gives him the boot for somebody younger? It could be Truex. Who knows when Truex's Who knows when Truex's uh, contract's coming up? Uh, I, I almost guarantee you that if he doesn't, if Truex doesn't go into the round of four, that I think that uh, Joe Gibbs might seriously look at not re-upping uh, Truex's contract. This is where you know? this is where I'm this is where uh, I'm going to have to. Put a halt, uh, put a halt on you there, Craig. Because how you're sounding is you're thinking Joe Gibbs will take John Hunter from the truck series and jump him in the cup. Honestly, I would not throw him there that early. Throw him in Xfinity, and here's my reasoning, and that's because we could see Almondinger keep going to Xfinity. Uh, Joe Gibbs has really no drivers in his Xfinity program as far as we know of right now. So John Hunter has a great golden opportunity to hop in. And that, so he would, I believe he would need at least one or two years of Xfinity before you hop him back into cup series. Yeah. He's got cup series experience, but if he's going to be in a competitive ride in the cup series or at least looking at it, right. You got to run an Xfinity there, and Tyler Reddick was in, Tyler Reddick was yeah. in that shoe at one point, mm-hmm. and right. Look at him now. No, I, I, I want to see him run for a couple of truck championships, and then go to the Xfinity and run for a championship there, if, and and see if we can develop. 
John Hunter, the way that drivers are supposed to be developed, not in this rushing. It's, we've brought too many guys to the top level way too fast, and, and, and that's why we continue to see the older guys win uh, because they were beating up on a bunch of little babies. Well, now these little babies are starting to grow. And when you got William Byron, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, uh, name me a couple of other ones, Ryan Blaney. I mean, who would have thunk it? That, you know, seven, eight years ago, I didn't think Blaney was going to make it to the series, much less be running for a championship, okay? So they, these these little baby faces of NASCAR, they've grown up pretty quick. You're starting to see some mustaches on some, some of these fellas. And you Brian see Blaney. Ron Blaney's beard? Yeah. The guy looks from- like a freaking mechanic that walks up. Okay, he's the guy, he looked like the, this is the kind of mechanic he looked like. The kind that walks into the garage, takes one look at the at the motor, and says, "It's parked." And it's- <laughs> 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 Listen, I've looked at people like that. <laughs> but you, Brett, do you get it? I mean, do you see that? Blaney, Blaney went from. Uh, uh, I'm going to make some bad references here, at least for the second part of this statement. But Blaney went from little tiny, good old, cute little baby Blaney to now, I'm Mr. T. I pity the fool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love it, though. Yeah, I mean, at least he's not not looking like Chase Elliott anymore. I mean, he he figured that one out real quick. I like his I like his new look. I like his bearded his bearded lady look. It looks pretty good. The Ford? He probably has a straw hat. Probably sells cabbage out of that by the back of the Ford or turnip greens. I mean Maybe yeah, you never know. Because See Ron Blaney is from it. North Carolina. Dave Blaney and the brother uh uh, uh he's a sprint car driver. Dale they're Dale. from Ohio, the Buckeye Bullet, right? I mean, what, uh, that, that's what Dale's called. That was his nickname. But but Ryan Blaney was basically, he was born and raised in North Carolina. Blaney uh, left the the dirt world and uh, had really, Dave really left. When I when I go back and look at Dave's career, he's, he left sometime in the late 90s, early 2000s. So if Ryan Blaney was born in Ohio, I don't know if that's true or not. But he has spent most of his life in, in, in North Carolina. So um, he's about as country boy as you can get. <laughs> All right. Well, apparently our guest I wouldn't have to see a skull ring around the back of his pocket, if y'all know what I mean. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So apparently yeah. our Chris, guest is in the studio. Is that what you're telling us, Chris? Yes, Craig, your, your, your guest is in the studio. Awesome, awesome. Um, I, I sent you my pick in uh, letter form earlier. We'll go over those at uh, 9.30 when we do our picks. If you've not figured it out yet, well, then you're dumber than a box of rocks. I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, but in the studio now is when she started off the year with us, I believe she had no wins, and she was just getting ready to come into her own, or maybe she had one win, uh, 
Miss Ashley Palmateer. Are you there, young lady? I'm here. All right, well, first things first, congratulations on your nine-win season. My second question, that's just so far. My second question is, how is your wedding planning going? Well, it's going. <laughs> that's all right. That'll all come together like two and a half months before your uh, your wedding. Don't worry. Then you'll be in panic mode. So when we talked earlier this season, if I remember correctly, you had no wins under your belt. Not too long after that, um, Rob lit a fire under you, and that or is, something lit a fire. What's that? I was gonna say, um, that's true. Rob told me I better start winning. I was I was gonna joke and say he told you you better stop start winning or he was gonna put Taz in the car, but then that'd be a mistake. No, 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 no. Um, you don't want to do that one just yet. No, I wanted to stay on one piece. <laughs> What's that? She said she wants it to stay in one piece. <laughs> I don't wreck that badly yet. So what what actually was it that started your dominance for a better lack of words? I mean you've got Eight or nine wins this season. You still got a couple of weeks left. I think you, you did. You tell me you were going out to Turkey Trot or something like that. Uh, no, Turkey Trot's done. So we're just sticking to Kroger for the rest of the season. Um, there's a couple of weeks left there, and then our season is done. But yes, I've got nine wins. I mean, I'm not really sure what started it. All I know is that. The, night, the first night I won, I ended up getting um, in an accident, and I came from the rear, and I just won. And ever since then, I figured I like winning, so I probably should keep doing it. There you go. I was gonna say you probably was gonna fight. You probably were gonna fire the driver if you didn't start winning. That is true. Yeah, I was gonna have to replace myself. Yeah. Um. What has this season, I mean, every win is special, but when you start getting up to the, when you start getting up into the five, four, five, six win special, does it just become you expect to do it more so after four or five wins, you expect to do it every week, or did that mentality not change, like you said, when you won the first one, well, now i got to win more of them? Well, you know, every week I go out there and I don't expect to win. Um, I know that, you know, I have a top cart usually every week. I have, you know, Rob is out there almost every night working on them and making sure that it's in, you know, tip-top shape for each race. Um, but I just, you know, I honestly go out and hoping to at least finish the race. I never look for a win, but a win is always great. Oh, win is, you know. A win helps the uh, win helps next week's budget. That's for that's for sure. Yes, it does. Guys, what do you got, my friend? So you've got success with 
this year so far in nine wins. I know the original plan you had this year was trying to run Dodge as much as possible, and then things kind of changed there. What Was there any um, – what, what was the reason why – why you didn't run as dodge as much as you originally planned. Was there any kind of like uh strategic planning because you're focusing on just Kuroga or was there uh something just wasn't falling into place? Well, it was in all, I mean, it was just starting to become too hard to try to run two tracks, two nights a week. Um, dodge, you know, isn't right in my backyard. And Kroger is, and I'll be honest, also Tom's prices are just a little bit better for us to be able to afford racing every week. So we just, and, you know, just kept going there. Well, I mean, that's, and that makes sense. I mean, I know where you live. So your house to, your house to uh, Kroger is a three-quarter of a mile ride versus, you know, a 25-minute ride or, you know, a 20-minute ride down to down to Dodge City. Um, what, Chris, and anytime you want to chime in here, my friend, jump on board. What, at, what are some of the things that you've learned this year that you've taken away that maybe you didn't learn in previous seasons or it just finally started to click, whatever people were telling you. Well, you know, I just took all my experience that I had and just kind of threw it back into this year, being that it was my first time back in a cart full time in probably, honestly, six, seven years. Um, and this year it was it was almost like it was all brand new to me. So every week I was learning something new. It's it's a whole new ball game with tires. I had no idea the whole thing has changed you know, in these many years. So trying to figure that out, I usually leave it to Rob, but I try to help him as much as I can. And uh, these, we run animal motors in the champ cart. I'm used to what we would call a flathead. So trying to learn everything has just been all new and taking an experience and taking it in from everybody else who's, you know, come over, you know, said, hey, you know, you, you got to do this with the cart or try a little bit. We'll, we'll try it. And, you know, going forward, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. And we just, this year just happens to be just a great year for us. And, you know, I'm hoping to get at least one more win so I can have 10 wins. That would be really great. All right. So here's a question for you. What is, and I'm, I don't know if I'm taking this question away from Taz, and then I'll let him take the rest of the, or a good part of the rest of the interview. Um, what is a clone 360 heavy class? Well, what is that? So we just purchased a, what they call a flat cart. So there's no cage over it. And the motor for that one is called a clone. Um, which will be all new to us when we do this next year. So the clone 360 class, 360 or 375 is the weight for that class. And I'm going to go out and attempt to race some races with that next year. And we'll see how it goes. I, You know, that's all I've ever raced before. I got into the wing champ with flat carts. And we just decided to, 
you know, keep going and I'll have be racing two classes next year. Now, now how go ahead, Jess. You you've ran pro wing champ last year and this year you did it again and looking to clinch at least the Kroger uh Kroger Creek track championship. What what is the ideal uh, plan looking at for next year after trying to next year after basically winning a semi-pro championship for this year? Uh, well, next year my plan is um, I'll be moved up to the pro class um, for Kroger Creek for the for the regular series and for the WCRM series. I will be um, in the pro class. And that's my plan to do that. And hopefully, you know, we get a a good crowd in that too, just like we did in semi-pro. And I just enjoy racing against uh, people who have been more experienced or more championships and things like that than I do, than I already have. So I've got a question. And uh, I'm not really one that knows much about car racing. I I hear about it. I've, I've interviewed a few drivers and stuff over time. But I've had discussions with track promoters and uh, typically one that I won't name his name on here, but I've said time and time again that as racing gets more expensive, the this type of racing and the wing champs and uh, the, those types, it's becoming the more affordable style racing. Tell me about the community and all. Obviously, there's a reason why you're attracted to this sport. Um, what what brings you in? What gives you that bug? What What is it that, that keeps you thriving to, to do go-karting? Because it's not been so much of a spectator sport, but you know it is it is an activity sport, and the more people that you get involved, the more exciting it's going to be um what 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 got you where you are and what what set that bug off um you know honestly family we it's I've been around racing for a long time, and go karting seems to be one of the most family sports that I've ever done we not only you know do it as a whole family here in our household but we have our racing family we all you know it's we all help each other when we're out on the track we're not so much family but then when we come in we joke around we help and then at the end of the night usually we all just gather around somewhere and for a good hour hour and a half we're having laughs and it's just the best part that I could ever ask for. I mean, you're right. It's not a spectator sport, but we always invite people to come in and come be a part of our racing family and come see what karting is about. Um, it's it's always, I always say it's a rush because you're literally two inches off the ground. So when an accident happens, usually the, those two inches, uh, you know, it's pretty fast when you have to it be pretty go serious. upside down. Right, right. We we've seen go kart accidents, and they're not. Uh, you have to race that racer with a little bit more respect than what you would somebody with fenders on the side of their race car. Actually, um, it, you know, it gets to the to my next point that uh, it, it seems to be that uh, where the racers at these dirt tracks racing late models and stuff, it's not so much a family oriented sport anymore. It's it's a competitive sport, and people come in and they're big tutor homes and uh, they pretty much stay themselves in the pits. Their car's private because they don't want anybody knowing what shocks they're running. 
kind of takes away from the family side of racing that I think uh, that that most people, you know, are accustomed to, and most people are are, are attracted to the sport with. Obviously, go karts help fulfill that, and that's what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, we have um, huge families, you know, that comes in with us, and I mean, I have got a big family. My stepson races along with us, and his friends started racing one of our extra carts and we have actually a guy who comes and races our one of our wing champs and he's all the way down from New Jersey. We were, you know, it's, it's just a big family thing that we love and we love getting everybody together. And like I said, anybody's welcome to come join us. We welcome anybody in with open arms. And even, you know, if you came up and said you wanted to try one, usually we're pretty good about saying, okay, you know, we have our, what we call our heavy tire cart. We let anybody usually try that one just because, you know, there's not much to it, and it's our cheaper cart. Taz, Taz, uh, Craig, did you guys hear that? Uh, did she have a she have a cart that maybe even even well, I don't want to put you guys in a bad spot, but even even y'all could race. I, yeah, I've I wouldn't actually, mind. I've actually, I've actually hot lapped uh, one of that one cart, not Ashley specifically, but I've actually hot lapped the cart, and uh, not gonna lie, I had a blast with it. And if I had, if I had a little extra money and not looking at certain uh, plans with finances going on, I probably would try to look into it. But right now, there's a couple other bigger life financial things that need to be taken care of before that. Well, yeah, you got a baby on the way, so that's, uh, you know, that's a pretty big deal. So how does somebody go about that, Ashley? What do they, what do they do? Do they contact you and say, Hey, I think I want to, I think I want to give a whirl at this and you know, what's yeah, the process? How does that work? They can contact me. Um, they can contact the Kroger Creek Facebook page, um, you know, or even Tom Barron. Um, we all get together, and usually, you know, there's somebody who's willing to let somebody try one out. I mean, I always say if you know somebody or if you can try one out, do it because karting is different than most sports. It's not just a – you know, people think it's just easy to hop in and drive one, but we don't have power steering, so it's not as easy as what people think it is. No, it's not. I mean, especially with a uh, especially. If with I can remember to keep my mic on, it's it's definitely uh, a, a strenuous sport. <laughs> yeah, especially when you have the the heavy tire class. I mean, you're you're doing a little bit more right-hand uh, turning than than a lot of the normal carts, but it's it's a challenge, but definitely uh, fun to do, and if anyone gets the opportunity to do it, go for it. That's all I can tell you. Yeah, no, I would uh, I'd definitely like to give it a whirl if I can get the vice president of operations to approve of it. I would... Uh, I would definitely do it. I wouldn't do it in the middle of DJ season, just in case. But, uh, you know, because you never know what could happen. So what are your plans for 2022? I almost said 2021. 
I mean, I know what your plans are in August, but what are your plans for the uh, beginning of the season and up until then? Well, we're going to, as of right now, we're sticking to probably just Kroger again, maybe with some visits to some other tracks and things to try the carts out and everything. Um, but again, I'm going to do, I'm going to be in the, um, the pro wing champs along with the, our clone, um, flat cart and my stepson, as of right now, his plan is to do the, um, the heavy tire class. And I think, you know, that's, that's, that's all we got as of right now. Um, I don't have any other drivers that are going to join us yet and, I mean, we usually end up with somebody else who wants to join our family and, you know, be a part of our little racing group that we got going on over here. But that's, you know, like you said, that's all I got. And then August, of course, I got to, I have, I'm taking a weekend off in August but to get married. Oh, no. So. What, um, so you say you're going to concentrate on, on mainly one track with some visits to some other tracks. What's some other tracks that you plan on visiting? Any different tracks that you plan on visiting uh, that you haven't, or tracks that you haven't visited in a while? Um, well, we're planning on maybe trying to go visit Turkey Trot. Um, I was only there once this year, and I had a blast, but we had to end the night early because um, I blew an engine up after only a few laps in. And yeah. so we're hoping to make it back there. And then uh, probably Dodge. And, I mean, I know there's other tracks around. We're talking about Paradise, which is up in Geneva. And, and maybe some trips down to some tracks in Pennsylvania. But that's, you know, that's just what we're hoping. I never know what next year's going to bring yet. All right, Chaz, what else you got, my friend? Now okay. you're preparing. You're preparing for the off season, and obviously you'll be preparing for 2022. But how do how do racers try to? I know racers try to relax during the off season as much as possible before getting right back into the grind. But how do racers try to um try to enjoy the off season, but still try to keep that mindset that you are in race mode, even though you're not racing? Well, we go visit checkers out and usually it gets very competitive for us there. But um, we also go and, and we do fun things as a family. We have some snowmobiles, so we just, we hang out and usually we're ending up racing them against each other. I'll be honest. I do lose on those. Um, and then we just hang out and have family time. And then knowing it's just when it comes time for racing season, it's just, it's almost like it's just a switch turns back on in your head. And it's like, okay, race mode. Now it's time to go racing. Chris, do you have any final questions for our guest here tonight? God, no, no, not, not, not this time. Just, uh, Looking forward to getting updates in 2022, and uh, make sure you go out and try those tracks that you've never been to before. It sounds exciting. Um, I, I swore when I was younger and the kids were younger that we were going to get them in some kart racing, 
I just have not uh, had that opportunity. But uh, I tell you what, the more and more you talk about it, the more exciting it seems, and I'll be looking forward to uh, getting an update. Oh, thank you. I'm sure you'll be hearing an update soon. I mean, I have the the Kroger Track, Camp, track Championship. I, I mean, I, I pretty much have that one. But then um, the WCRS, it's real close. That one's going to come down to who finishes in front of who. So which, that one I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be really nervous for that one. And before we let you go, do you have any sponsors, um, anyone in particular you got to think that helps that has helped you throughout the season and looking to help you to keep going? Well, first and foremost, I have to take or you know thank my wonderful fiance for doing this because without him, we wouldn't be getting to the track every week. Um, this time, I will you know mention uh, Craig and. His, you know, as he's he's going to be on the cart. He's on the cart for this year, and he'll be on it for next year. And also, Tom Varon, who has been very helpful for everything this year. And we've got you know, Atomic Truck and Sales and Maco. They were all great this year. And also, Wagon Train Barbecue has been excellent. They've always wanted to know our updates, and they always make sure that hey, if you need something, let me know. We'll you know we'll get it for you. And they, it's just been wonderful sponsors this year. Well, that's what sponsors are supposed to do. They're supposed to reach out and help their teams as much as possible. I know that I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed watching your success this year and uh, looking forward to next year with you on the car and possibly even the following year. Um, you know, we'll have fun. We'll have fun next August at your wedding. Obviously we're going to have a blast. And uh, I I just just wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, going forward. I mean, this is going to be – I'm excited for you. I'm excited. I know we all are watching your your journey from, like I said, when you first came on, no wins, and then it seemed like it wasn't too long after that that uh, you were piling them up. You guys, and thanks for having me. And – Hopefully, like I said, I would just, you know, I would like one more just to make it an even number of 10, and I'll be ecstatic for the year. Yeah, no, that would be that would be phenomenal. Well, I want to thank you. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on, Taz. I don't know if you have anything else. Uh, um, no, but, uh, again, congrats on success so far this year, and uh, hopefully the season ends the way that you hope. Outside of the, I mean, you already got the track championship and hope that uh, we get that, you get that WCRS championship out of the way and get that nerve off your shoulder for that. And I can't wait to see what's going on for 2022. And thank you again for coming on tonight. Yes, thank you guys for having me. All right. We will talk to you real soon. All right, well, that was Ashley Palmateer. She is a uh, go-kart racer here in upstate New York, along with uh, a mother and a and a central employee and all that fun stuff that she does outside of racing. So, you know, that was, that was a good interview. Glad we, got, we were able to get her back on. Hopefully we'll be able to get Jeremy 
uh, Terrell back on. Uh, we weren't able to get him on a few weeks ago. Hopefully we'll be able to get him on before the end of the season. But, you know, if, Chris, if you've, if you've never really gotten a chance to experience it, I'd say come up next season and join us, but I only plan on being up here a couple of times next year. So um, we'll have to figure out something for for the South region to make that happen. Go-kart racing is alive and well around here, alive and well, my friend. Well, we'll have to figure something out. Maybe we'll have to do a, a four-day trip to – uh, Mississippi. No, we'll meet you halfway, man. We'll meet you halfway. We'll meet you in Panama City, my brother. Oh. Well, that always could be arranged. Where am I going? Always. <laughs> you heard that. Where are we going? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, apparently when we move... We're going up to Ohio. We're going to meet real quick, totally off the topic of racing. Um, we're going to meet with Miss Lee and, and CJ, and then we're going to head down. Then we're going to head down south. But um, I want to before we before we go before we go any further. Last Monday night, uh, one of my wedding clients from this year. Uh, actually he passed away Tuesday and uh, so I want to send out condolences to to the family the Constantine family of uh, Gloversville Howard passed away Tuesday uh, quite unexpectedly honestly he was just him and his wife were away in uh, Vermont for the weekend and came back wasn't feeling well and you know he passed away on he passed away on Tuesday uh, so we spent a lot of time over with, with the family, uh, today. And, uh, so condolences go out to them, but I'm going to tell you what, I don't know what, I don't remember what the outline looks like for, uh, the rest of the show, but if Texas was anything to be, uh, concerned about or looking forward to, uh, Martinsville is going to be a hell of a race. What was uh, what was the fan question for this week? Did we did we get one? Uh yes, yes, we do have a fan question for this week. Uh let me pull it up real quick. Sorry, I haven't shared that. I figured we would do the toasted tweets before we did the uh Well, we can we can touch on the fan we'll ask it and then we'll come back to it. We can First do the toasted tweets. Rebecca took a she has taken a uh, a trip, a driving trip. She drove from New York to Arizona. Uh, obviously, that is uh, that's a long way to drive, but man, what a hell of a trip! Um, so we'll go ahead with the fan question. Um, she says, "Hi, Chris. I'm heading our I'm heading our cross country tomorrow, and didn't want to forget to send this. I'm trying to listen on Monday if I have service." She said, I've, I have heard of some pretty bad crashes on the tracks, and thank God most drivers seem to walk away from them to race another day. If the driver causes an accident, are there tickets or fines like we would get on public roads? I was told sometimes drivers would cause, would cause an accident on purpose. Really? 
they can get away with that, talk about road rage. Thanks for your time, as always, Miss Rebecca. Boys? Yeah, they get uh, they do get in trouble. Uh, if and case in point is uh, is it Joey Logano? Is is is, is uh, Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick? Uh, NASCAR pretty much said they don't want to do that anymore. Uh, Joey Logano, uh, who was it? Matt Kenseth and who else? Uh, Joey Logano. Yeah. Oh yeah, Joey Logano. Yeah. So how about? Yeah, they do get Boyer in trouble. And Jeff Gordon. <laughs> so yep. the boys have that at program. Of course, uh, what that means by NASCAR is uh, the drivers police themselves, mainly. If it gets out of hand or looks like it's going to get out of hand, NASCAR will step in. Kevin Harvick said today when he was asked about the NASCAR interview uh, or the NASCAR uh, calling them, he was basically said it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't a meeting that him and Chase had not talked, that it was basically NASCAR saying, look, 10 fancy words, you know, uh, stay the hell out of each other's way, basically. I would pretty much guess that that's uh, what uh, NASCAR said or will park you. Whether or not that actually calms Kevin down, I'm not sure, uh, because uh, as you'll hear in my toasted tweets, he is uh, he's not looking forward to the last three races of the season. So uh, no telling. He might have better things to do. But there are penalties at times. Uh, NASCAR will set a driver, uh, case in point. Um, Matt Kenseth, also another case in point. Uh, Kyle Busch, uh, railroading. Um, man, what was that guy? Ron Hornaday at Texas uh, a few years ago. They sat Kyle Busch uh, for that. But, but as I said, it's, it's, it's always confrontation. There, there are fines also given out from time to time, but over the last 10 years, I would say at least for sure the last seven years, NASCAR has had a boys have at it policy. Uh, basically, police yourself. That's what it was deemed exciting by the fans. You know, NASCAR was penalizing these drivers for being, uh, showing their personality, and fans claim that uh, the drivers become too vanilla. And so when uh, certain things erupted, like um, what was that with was it Brad Keselowski and Jeff Gordon, I believe, and Kevin Harvick come over there and shoved Keselowski into Jeff Gordon. Uh, <laughs> you know, the people didn't want to see a penalty there. They 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 wanted the excitement. So uh, that's kind of how that has been. And there has been plenty of road rage. I think Kevin Harvick has. Uh, showed plenty of road rage over his career, as it's been pointed out in past and previous uh, championship races. Uh, Kevin was not scared to use his chrome horn to basically manipulate the chase, as he did at Talladega uh, several years ago. Um, So, you know, there have been uh, many cases where drivers were fined for rough driving or, or showing too much personality. Um, I'm not sure if people are fined anymore for saying cuss words on television or giving the middle finger, but those were simple annex that would uh, create fines and um, basically loss of points uh, 15 years ago. NASCAR, the sport itself, has changed 
it's not the gentleman's sport that it once was. It is more of a high-octane, get-out-of-my-way sport now than what it was 15 years ago. It was a gentleman's sport, uh, but I believe just the competitive nature and teammates and all that has uh, definitely um, made for a different style of racing. You guys still need that forward Yes, please. No, I don't. Okay. Well, I'm sending it in anyway. Sorry, I, I just now seen that. But Taz, uh, Taz, do you have any comments on what I said? Other questions? Uh, well, I mean, you can get in trouble for it, but to me, it just depends on the circumstance, I guess you can say. Um, if you're doing it just to do it, then obviously you're gonna get in, you're gonna get in trouble for it. But if you if you intentionally do it, but there's kind of some there's I guess some kind of purpose behind it, then usually just get in trouble for it. It's kind of like a slap on the wrist and don't do it again type deal. But uh, it, I guess it depends on the situation per se. Um, I know the whole, um, I remember Joey Logano, I think it was Joey Logano and Matt Kenseth incident in Martinsville. Matt Kenseth uh, retaliated after a couple of races where he was taken out by Logano and Kenseth saw it as, here's my golden opportunity, I'm intentionally wrecking you. And then once that happened, I'm getting out of the car. And I believe NASCAR did uh, find him for it, but... They suspended him. Um, they pulled him out of the race car. Uh, but, you know, and, and you know what? It was one of the situations where Kenseth believed that Joey Logano took him out of a championship. And this is a situation where Kevin Harvick claims that he wasn't racing for a championship, but based off of the comments that I read to you very quickly, very soon here, um, it, it, it's obvious that uh, he kind of contradicts what he says uh, in, based off of his, his quote. Um, I think that any driver that's in the chase is racing for a championship. And so when Chase Elliott basically ruined uh, Kevin Harvick's chance for a win at Bristol, then that was kind of the nail in the coffin on Kevin Harvick's season. Um, and... Uh, I think he has nothing to lose to go out there and make sure that Chase Elliott doesn't win a championship, to be honest with you guys. And I think that's what he's going to do. And I think I he's going to make it look like a And then I hope incident. he gets kicked out of Phoenix. I hope he doesn't have to go to Phoenix. And they use Joey Hand as the, uh, <laughs> as, the, uh, as the replacement driver, since that worked out so freaking well at Charlotte, right? Uh, and uh, maybe let him pilot the number four car and give Kevin Harvick an early out for the season so he can get focused for his uh, his bon voyage in uh, 2022. Yes, I am predicting right now that Kevin Harvick will retire at the end of the 2022 uh, race season. So that, that is one of my bold predictions I will go ahead and put out there. Guys, I, y'all have not turned in your toasted tweets, so I'm not I sure did. what we're working with. I did. Um, I will turn over my toasted tweets here in just a second. As a 
I turned in mine yesterday. What are you talking about? Okay, well, we'll let you start off the segment. That way uh, I can have a chance because, man, I've taken quite a few screenshots, and I don't know which ones are the ones I'm supposed to post. So uh, let me go and check that out real quick. All right. So I have four of them, I believe, and two of them are from the same guy. Uh, It is from at NASCAR, NASCAR, NAS. And he says, Last week I learned that Kevin Harvick is washed because he's winless following his nine-win 2020 season. Today, Kevin finished top five ahead of Chase Elliott. In conclusion, Chase Elliott is washed and should probably consider retiring soon, outrun by an old man. How shameful. Hashtag NASCAR. And then... I love it. I love it. Can I read one to yours? Obviously, I'll, Kevin Harvick should have retired last year. Tired of racing, so all he wants to do is wreck others so they can't compete. NASCAR should just park him since he doesn't want to race. And then we'll, we'll let Taz read, the, read one after this one. Because this one, this one kind of coincides with what I've been saying. In my honest opinion, legend quote from Kevin Harvick after the race today, Texas Motor Speedway when Jerry Jordan asked KH if he was looking forward to the rest of the year after Sunday's finish. KH basically said, Kevin Harvick, I'm excited there's only three races left. Huh. Interesting. Huh. Pass. Well, my toaster tweet from the same guy as the last one I read off. He said, he quotes a tweet from Bob Pockris, and Bob Pockris tweeted, owner points, and he shows a graphic of the owner points. The 51 team of Rick Ware, the Rick Ware Racing 51 team will need to gain four to five, four to five points on teammate number 15, Rick Ware Racing 15, in order to avoid potential repossession by NASCAR. And... At NASCAR, NASCAR, NAS, quoted this tweet and said, easy solution to 2311's charter dilemma. Then he needs to go out and wreck the one the first time the field laps the 51 in each of the next three races. Then after that, he has his charter, he, he has his charger for the 45 car, hashtag NASCAR. And I think what we I forgot to talk it. about here this evening was the fall through on the deal with Front Row Motorsports, the the uh, 40, I mean, basically, Denny Hamlin had already announced that they had secured a charter. Well, that's not the case. Front Row Motorsports walked out of the negotiation table. Uh, Front Row Motorsports was allegedly uh, uh, in, in seeking $17 million for the charter. The offer on the table with Hamlin and group was million. So there's quite a bit of difference between what was offered and what was expected. Of course, we have also heard rumors that Rick Ware uh, was looking for somewhere around the price tag of $20 million for a charter. So Front Row Motorsports was not that far off from that $20 million, obviously. And as Rick Ware was quoted saying, these charters were floated around to everybody several years ago. Nobody wanted them. 
So it is a case of supply and demand, and if NASCAR comes in and repossesses one of Rick Ware's uh, uh, charters, I expect a lawsuit immediately. Now, uh, they may be forced to sell, but the idea that NASCAR could come in and repossess is is unheard of. Like, I, I cannot believe that those words are even being used. That would be like saying the NFL could come in and take a franchise away uh, from an owner. And I, I just I, – that's creepy grounds to be walking on right there. But we still have a, a, another uh, a toasted tweet to go on. Any comments on what, what was just discussed? Look front row. No, I think – I think that uh, I agree with you. I think there's going to be a fine involved, or uh, I'm sorry, not a fine, a lawsuit. But I have a toasted tweet for you. I just found it. Um, it was a tweet from Kyle's son Larson. Daddy, you won. I did. I locked in, locked into the championship four. Yay, Daddy! I'm going to shotgun a Capri Sun like Mom does. You're going to shotgun a Capri Sun? LOL. Okay. It's actually way easier than opening it the regular way. Um, <laughs> See, that's what we were afraid of when Mama was over there shotgunning beers. Uh, we didn't, you know. <laughs> right. Um, wow. Here's another one. When you try to tweet Carl Larson, Kyle Larson one, uh, Twitter comes back with tweet not sent. Oops, you already said that. Um. So Chase Briscoe had a toasted tweet. We love it when the drivers give us toasted tweets. Uh, by Chase Briscoe, if only I had 10,000 races worth of experience under my belt. Denny Hamlin chimed in and said, not sure you'll get there. These cars racing, there's cars racing for a championship. In case you forgot about taking out the leader and costing him one championship already this season, perhaps when you learn give and take, you will start to finish better. Ooh. Yeah, Denny and Chase Briscoe probably will not be exchanging Christmas cards this year. Yeah, that's uh, that's um, uh, probably not a... It's like taking an ice cube and adding it to an already hot pan that got spiced up. Yeah. Like throwing that ice cube into a hot pan of grease and watching it pop off. Wow. Um, one more, and I think that this is something that has been said commonly amongst a lot of people. I think NASCAR should let the teams put the numbers where they want, and I think the car is trying to be the like, trying to be the, like the NASCAR Penny Series cars. Those cars are great on short track and road course. Great video, Eric. Keep up the great content. Uh, Eric Epis, I don't know if you guys have uh, caught any of his uh, video vlogs, but I, I, I do listen to him from time to time. He does a really good job. Uh, it gives me a different perspective. Also, shout out DBC. DBC, door bumper clear. Man, guys, if y'all have not listened to that podcast, y'all are slacking. I am. I, I mean, I don't care that I come on my own podcast and promote other people's podcasts. Let me tell you something. Door Bumper Clear. It is the best podcast about racing. It has us beat ten times over. Maybe maybe I just love Brett Griffin. I don't know. But 
I like TJ Majors too, and well, Casey's hot, so all right, it is what it is. Yep. So I got two more before we wrap Uh-oh. up those tweets. So one I have is from at Bama Diecast. It says, "Hey Kevin Harvick, when a race in 2021, and then come and talk about Chase Elliott." Hashtag NASCAR. And my last one is from at Jared underscore Turner, and he tweets, "Did anyone really think William Byron would have passed Kyle Larson for the win at Texas Motor Speedway, even if there had been a golden opportunity?" In your dreams, his assignment was to be Block Boy. Hashtag Team Mortars. Hashtag NASCAR at NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of see that. I, I was, I was wondering how that was going to come about and how Hendrick was going to handle that, but obviously the decision had already been made um, because I believe William Byron was actually the faster car. Uh, it, it was even talked about that he was putting out faster lap times at one point in time. But uh, we'll see what Willie B's got in store. Because look, I, I think Willie B does have the talent to be a superstar in the sport, and he will not stay third fiddle. Alex Bowman probably is just happy that he made it where he is. William Byron is a champion. He has been a champion in all series that he's ever raced in. Uh, the kid thrives. I think I think he's dating Ron Blaney's sister, who you know could be Miss North Carolina. Uh, this kid is no joke. He's he's the real deal. Um, he is uh, he's a solid pick every week. If you if you wanted to earn the most points every week uh, with just one certain driver, I would pick Willie B. And it, you know he is the Terry Labonte, the Ice Man. He is. Uh, uh, some of the other guys, Matt Benzett, that just, you know, seem to always be around at the end, you know. Um, Willie B is the real deal. Well, I couldn't I, I couldn't agree more. I said that earlier. I think you're going to see some wins out of Byron. I think we're going to see him pop off a win. I don't know if it will necessarily be this week. But Hendrick cars are usually pretty fast in Martinsville. And, uh, you know, so it could be this week. Well, and again, if, if we have an out of, if we had a, if we have a driver that's outside of the top eight uh, in any series, pop off a win, it's going to screw with the points. I mean, look what it did in the Xfinity series with John Hunter Nemechek. I said it at the top of the show, and Taz reiterated it, that it pretty much, I mean, no driver locked themselves in Saturday at the Infinity Series race. Go ahead, Taz. I I can see it shaking up, but I don't think it shakes it up that much. I, it For me, it depends on where this non-playoff driver wins. Like, it's happened in the first race of this round, so I don't think it shook up quite a bit. I mean, it really comes down to how well can these eight drivers perform, and it's not so much of can they win. Yeah, they're going to try to win and guarantee themselves a spot, but nobody did. So, I mean, yeah, it kind of shakes them up saying, all right, we got to be the top of our A game for at least the next two weeks. But in the sense that as long as the, this, the eight drivers are essentially looking at it this way as, 
we got to get as many points as possible and stay in front of the other seven in order to get ourselves into the final four. I mean, it's not – it's kind of a monkey wrench, but yet at the same time it doesn't throw much of a monkey wrench because the eight playoff drivers, all they're trying to do is trying to stay ahead of – be that one driver to stay ahead of the other seven. Yeah, and I mean that's that's all they got to do is stay ahead in points, and if they stay ahead in points, then they're gonna one of them, one or two of them is gonna lock themselves in this weekend. Uh, Joey Logano is gonna have some serious work to do, and Martin Truex if they want to get out of these holes that they're in. No, I think it made everybody's job a lot easier knowing that Kyle Larson's locked in because he would be the guy that is always taking up that fourth spot with as many points as he was ahead. So it actually makes it easier on the other seven guys being that Kyle Larson is now a lock for the championship. I would take that as a, as a complete lift off of my shoulders because nobody wants to get to that fourth spot only to be knocked out by the guy who's, of course, won more races than anybody all season long that has the padded points. So we've gotten, we've gotten Larson locked in. We basically are seeing an exit by Joey Logano and Martin Truex Jr. early. Can they make a rebound? Sure. Is it likely they make a rebound? No, it's not likely. Okay, I don't know how many times we can go back and look at the, at the first race of the, of the last round before the championship and see who was able to recover, but I guarantee you odds are in favor that these guys will not recover from their points deficit. So you've got a Blaney, a Kevlowski, an Elliott, and a Kyle Busch all reigning for that top spot. You're locked in. Denny Hamlin, okay? And who's the third guy? Who did I miss here? Uh, we got Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Blaney that are above the cut line right now. Okay, yeah, Blaney. Okay, so Blaney's in the top four. So, you know, that's uh, you know, that, that's, there's not much room for error uh, for the guys in front. But, uh, you know, you go out and win the race, as Pat, as, as Craig said, man, if uh, William Byron or, or this kid Tyler Reddick goes out there and wins this race in this round, you can see some panic mode drivers going into Martinsville being that that is the only, uh, the only driver that will lock himself into the chase, right? I mean, like, the winner locks himself in, but if you get an outside uh, the chase winner in this race here, it's, man, I tell you, it will be mad chaos at Martinsville. Yeah, and um, it, it's going to be a mad scramble, and the guys that know that got to perform for this race set themselves up well for Martinsville, got to do it. And unfortunately, uh, Truex, who's in a hole but not in a giant hole. So I, if I were Truex, I would I wouldn't pan, hit the panic button just yet, but I get I get pretty close to it. Joey Logano, on the other hand, being that you're over 40 points out, you really gotta you really gotta do something there. And like I said, if my memory serves me right, I do believe Joey Logano has done well. At Kansas, so he could he could shrink that forty five point gap 
By how much? Buddy can't afford a bad race at Martinsville either. I mean, if he can if he can narrow that gap to get him uh, within a good real lane at Martinsville, he's got a real good legitimate shot. But again, Kansas is going to have to be his turning point because Martinsville for him is going to be the win or you're done. And I don't think Joey Logano wants to put himself in that situation for Martinsville. Well, I don't think it would be smart for him to put himself in that position either. I mean, that's, that's, uh, I think we're putting the cart before the horse. He's got to get out of Martinsville first. I, I just don't know too many times that a Ford has actually been the favorite going into Martinsville either, guys. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, this has been a track dominated by Hendrick and Joe Gibbs. Um, this is not a a track favored by a Ford driver, unless, you know, we're talking about Kurt Busch back when he was uh, at Stuart Haas Racing. Um, I just don't see, uh, I don't see where people are putting that much into Logano you know, racing his way in for a win when he would probably be my fourth or fifth favorite uh, at that racetrack, considering the competition that he's racing. I mean, you got to go through three Gibbs drivers and two two uh, Hendrick drivers to, to even be considered there. Um, you know, Denny Hamlin is, of course, a favorite. Martin Cooks Jr. won three out of the last four races there. Of course, Chase Elliott's always been really fast there. Hendrick has a Storied history at Martinsville, so I mean, you know, this is if if you have a wild card race left in the sack, well, 550 horsepower should be, you know, considered a, a wild card. You know, um, basically, uh, I would if I was Joey Logano, I'd be I would be focused on winning Kansas, not Martinsville. Um, he's gonna have a target on his back for the rest of the chase. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just think that I think that it's going to be a hell of a race in Martinsville, and you know, Taz, what do you got? Uh, we have any? Well, or oh, did you guys see getting getting over to the local? Uh, we're going to do a local segment here. Did you see the post I, or the the photo I put up earlier today? of the pit pass prices for Orange County Fair Speedway down in Middletown? Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really all that surprised being as big of a track Orange County Fair Speedway is. And they're getting ready for our Eastern States 200 weekend, which is a huge weekend. Um, kind of like a Super Dirt Week type weekend but not as big. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm not really that surprised of how the prices are. Yeah, they're going to be pricey, but I wouldn't, I'm not really all that surprised by it. No, I just thought the price was, I just thought the price was, you know, a weekend pit pass, Chris, um, which is weekend is considered Thursday through Sunday, $175. Uh, just the Saturday and Sunday pit pass is 150. Daily is 30 uh, for 
Thursday, 30 or 50 for Friday, and 75 for each Saturday and Sunday. And if you want to bring an ATV in, it's going to cost you $40. And if you want to park in the fairgrounds, it's a $10 parking fee. So, uh, you know, I just was like, whoa. Yeah, I'm not surprised by those prices at all, uh, other than about a $15 difference between uh, our for our ATV pass and uh, um, uh, Orange County Speedway, uh, it is expensive, guys. And look, they're, they're charging twenty five dollars uh, for the Saturday night show this weekend at Why Not Motorsports Park for our twenty seventh annual Coors Light Fall Classic. Uh, twenty five dollars uh, a lick is that's a lot of money, guys. That's just for that's just yeah. for a grandstand admission. Yeah. Well, for up here in the Northeast, they had the Port Royal Speedway Speed Showcase 200 weekend. Uh, Mike Mahaney won the Port won the Speed Showcase 40, I believe it was, which was on Thursday night for the Short Track Super Series South Region. And then Friday night was the preliminary races for the modifieds. Uh, first, essentially, the first half of the field qualified in that night, while everyone else would have to take go into the B mains, B main races on Saturday to get a final chance at qualifying. And 39 cars took the green. And early on, it was essentially a battle between. Uh, Matt Shepard and Stuart Friesen, which ended up being Stuart Friesen and Matt Shepard finishing in second with Cole Stangle, or not Cole Stangle, Matt Stangle finishing in third for your podium at uh, Port Royal Speedway. And then where's he at? Big... Where's who at? I'm sorry, guys. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> And then, speaking of Short Track Super Series, we got more news, and this isn't pertaining to the southern part of the country. That's right, the Short Track Super Series Cajun region. They wrapped up their 2021 point battle, or point season points, down at Chatham, Louisiana, at Super B Speedway, where Caleb Dillard took the win and the that pretty much sealed his championship, so he is your 2021 Short Track Super Series Cajun Region Champion. And the Cajun Region will be running again, but this time not for the Cajun Region Championship. What's going to happen here is the 2021 Short Track Super Series Cajun Swing, where the Short Track Super Series up here in the Northeast will meet with the Short Track Super Series Cajun Region uh, down in the south. They'll run all the way down in Louis- down in the southern part of the country where on Tuesday, November 9th, is where the Cajun Swing kicks off. It'll be at Foothill Speedway at Greenwood, Louisiana. The Short Track Super Series modifies a 40-lap feature, $4,000 to win, $400 to start, 
plus the limited modified and looks like the front wheel drive four cylinders or Hornets or whatever you guys call them down there. Gates open at four, high laps at six, racing at seven. I believe that's local time for you guys there. Um, and then Grandstand Admission, $20 for adults, $10 for kids ages 6 to 11. Kids 5 and under are free. Pit Admission, $40. Wednesday, November 10th, we'll be at Arklatex Speedway in Vivian, Louisiana. Short Track Super Series Modified. We'll have another 40 lap, $4,000 to win feature, $400 to start, plus a crate, late models, pro mods, and four cylinders. Gates open at 4, high laps at 6, racing at 7. Grandstand will be $20 for adults. Kids 12 and under are free. Pit admission forty dollars twenty forty dollars. Kids six to twelve, ages six to twelve, would be twenty dollar pit admission, and children five and under are free. Thursday, November eleventh, the will be at the Rev in Monroe, Louisiana. Short track super series modified. Another forty lap feature, five thousand dollars to win this time. Four hundred dollars to take this to start that one, plus factory stocks and limited mods. Gates open at 4, high laps at 6, racing at 7. Grandstand admission, $20 for adults, $15 for seniors, veterans of active military, $10 for kids ages 6 to 12, children 5 and under are free. Pit admission is $40, $30 for kids ages 6 to 10, children 5 and under are free. And Friday, November 12th, will be two nights. Will be the first of two nights at Super B Speedway in Chatham, Louisiana. Short track, Super Series modified, 40 laps feature for $4,000 to win, $400 to start, plus the B-Mods, factory stocks, and compacts. Gates open at 4, high laps at 6, racing at 7. Green State admission, $20. Kids 10 and under are free. Pit admission, $40. Kids 6 to 12 of age, $20 to get in. Children 5 and under are free. Then Saturday, we'll end the Cajun Swing on Saturday, November 13th at Super B Speedway in Chatham, Louisiana. Short Track Super Series Modifieds will have their mods in the marsh, 75. 75 lap feature, $20,000 to win, $500 to start, plus the street stocks and limited mods. Gates open at four, hot laps at six, racing at seven. Grandstand admissions, $25. Kids 10 and under are free. Pit admissions, $40. Kids ages six to 12 will be $20. And children five and under are free. And that's what we got for the Short Track Super Series uh, local roundup. And we are at the point where it's about time we start making our picks for Kansas. And, Craig, trucks do not run this weekend. Well, I normally let you guys go first on your picks. I'm going first this time. I have a big hunch that Justin Algier is going to uh, lock himself into the final round uh, in this race right here. Uh, it's no doubt Junior Motorsports is one of the favorites for the championship. That uh, burst from Junior Motorsports in a couple of weeks here, but I think this is a ter- perfect track uh, to see that at. And uh, I expect uh, Justin Algier to be in victory lane Saturday at Texas uh, on Sunday, man. I've got Denny Hamlin. I don't know another hunch there. You know, guys are going to lock themselves in. 
Um, it was really hard not to take Tyler Reddick, knowing how well he ran at Texas. Uh, it's really uh, – it would not surprise me one bit if Tyler Reddick was actually the winner. But i got to go with Denny Hamlin for the win on the cut side. Yeah, I – Chris, you and I think alike because I'm going to keep it quiet for my Xfinity pick at the moment. But at least on the cup side, I'm going Denny Hamlin in this one. I mean, Hamlin's won. He's gone winless during the regular season, but since the playoffs, he's won one race in each round. I see his win coming right here at Kansas to kind of uh, get him – a walk into the final four. Um, I have, I was thinking along the lines of maybe getting Chase Elliott in there. I would like to see more performance out of there for the uh, Hendrick nine camp. And the question is going to be, will Hendrick put all their cards into the nine cars since Larson is now guaranteed in the final four, and he has nothing to worry about for the next two weeks, essentially. So I don't know about that. So I'm going to place my safer bet on Denny Hamlin for this. Now, for the cup or the Xfinity side, I do have a Justin winning, but it's not a Gator. Not the Gator man. I have Justin Haley from Colleague winning this one and moving himself forward into the final four for the Xfinity series. Craig, we have you still. Why are you hiring Haley? What was that, Craig? All right. I I had myself on mute. Haley's never won a race outside of a ticket plate, right? Super speedway. Now you're hiring Haley. All right, so in Xfinity, I didn't know if Chris was talking to us or what he was doing. Uh, in, in Xfinity, I have uh, A.J. Allmendinger winning. And in Cup, I mentioned him earlier, and I, I said I think he's going to pop off a win before the end of the season. And I'm, and I'm sticking by my guns. It's going to be a Hendrick car that wins it, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be a, it's going to be Byron, it's going to be Willie B. He's going to pull off a victory, and he's going to screw up the entire points. He's going to screw up the entire point system, and uh, nobody else is going to get to lock themselves in with a win. That doesn't mean they won't lock themselves in and secure a spot on points. And I will also tell you that I think Logano is uh is gonna find himself on the uh fighting side of the coin this weekend. And I would look for Truex to get back at Suarez and this would be a good place to do it. Um and it would it will be a great now one piece of news we did miss uh when we were going over some big news. Now that we have our picks in, GMS Racing has announced their 2022 Cup Series driver, and they have fallen into the hands of Ty Dillon. So 
So Ty Dillon back in the Cup Series full-time. He'll be with GMS driving the number 94. Thoughts on... uh, Thoughts on the Ty Dillon news with GMS? Well, I think that... uh... Uh, I think that might be a good move for him. I think that uh, it'll show, you know, he might have some success. And we'll have to see how it all plays out. Uh, let's see. Mr. Lee commented on something. All right. Um, Mrs. Mrs. Lee says, Ty Gibbs going to edge out Corey Heim for ARCA championships this weekend. I will, and she takes Dinger in the Xfinity Series, and she's going Kyle Larson two for two in this round. Well, I, I see it, but I I could see it, but I really don't. I think Kyle Larson will just kind of ease, but who knows? I mean, Larson doesn't have to build any playoff points, being that the final four points don't matter for squat. Well, I'm a little confused there, and I'm not sure if you're if you're bucking for a spot on the Gloversville Common Council, but you said you can see it, but you can't see it. That's like talking out of both sides of your mouth. I don't quite understand. That's like, uh, well, I can see Larson winning because um, it's a mile and a half track. We've seen how he does a mile and a half, but at the same time. I can't see it because I have a feeling that we're not at a Hendrick, mile and a half track this weekend. Yes, we are. We're at Kansas. I thought we were Where's at Martinsville this weekend. No, Martinsville. I don't know. The I, thought, I apologize. I apologize then. Gee, Craig, I thought we were on the same page here. <laughs> well, we're on the we're in the same book, just not on the same. Uh, just not on the same uh, page, so I apologize. But go ahead, Larson. Larson, I can see winning because it's a mile and a half. We all know how he's done it; those kinds of tracks this year. But at the same time, I really can't see him winning it because I now have a feeling that Hendrick may put all of his cards and try to put all of his cards on pushing Chase Elliott and get him punched into the final four, which which was part of the reason why I wanted to go with Chase Elliott. But at the same time, I think performance-wise, I don't think Chase Elliott's, like, truly got it. I could be wrong in that sense, but it's going to be a tough call. And if I have to go with somebody, I have to go with Hamlin because he's more hotter in the playoffs, being that he's won two races in the playoffs so far, one in each round. I, you can't argue the fact you're going to go Denny Hamlin or Chase Elliott. I would personally go with Denny Hamlin over Chase. I mean, you're in the playoffs. Yeah. You got to be. You got to be on a hot streak. Well, we'll have to see. Uh, we'll have to see how that all plays out. Uh, if I'm Brad Keselowski, I'm wrecking the field. I mean, I'm just telling you. 
This guy has nothing to lose. I don't have to be a teammate to anybody. And that's what he showed. I mean, he really showed that the last race. Like, he was he was putting that car in places that he would not normally go. And that was what I was wondering, guys, when this chase first started, was would Keselowski risk it? Knowing that, knowing that his, this, this is it, this could be his last championship run, would he risk it? And what I've seen from Texas was he was willing to risk it. He has no teammates. Which could add a, a very interesting parlay into all this. Now, Craig, Craig kind of, I'm going to go back in the pixel just a tad bit because Craig had an interesting pick in Byron, and he explained himself there as to why, which reasonably, understandably so. And I threw a curveball in on the Xfinity side with Justin Haley and. Here's why, because I had a hard time picking guys. Yeah, you, I can go with Almendinger. Yeah, I can go with Sindrick because they've been the top two guys. All guys, not a bad pick either. But I actually needed help trying to pick an Xfinity guy for this one because I was considering trying to see who was in the 54 car, and I was hoping to be John Hunter, but it's not. It's Ty Gibbs. And as, as well as Ty Gibbs has ran, I don't really see him winning this race. But there's a reason why I picked Justin Haley. That's because in three of his starts at this track, he's finished in the top ten in all of his starts, one of them being a top five. So he's av- his average finish is sitting 5.7. Which he could be a he could be a swinger when it comes to oh, he could swinger. be he could be a swinger for the uh, Xfinity swinger. Championship because if he wins that's gonna that's gonna lock him in and that could send uh, his colleague teammate of Dinger and uh, he could also Dinger send Cindrickson for a loop Dinger swinger. Oh, my dinger. <laughs> Two fingers, hammer. <laughs> and granted, Any hamster. <laughs> hey, listen, I was just glad to see Two Finger Hamlin get wrecked. No, Hamlin's going to wreck the Rick Ware 50, uh, Rick Ware 15 or 51 so he can get his starter. Hamlin, Hamlin was in an incident two two or three times and, and still come out smelling like roses. Um, he, I mean, he, no doubt. You say Texas threw a giant wrench at him, but he 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 performed. He, or, well, he's used to performing. <laughs> he's used to performing under smelly conditions. <laughs> I'll have to give it to you, Craig. It's not much you can, not much you can argue with that with that one that you just sent us. That's a, no, that's and I'll one. keep it clean because. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> How about that? How about an Xfinity race that was probably watched by less than a million people has now turned into a, a nationwide phenomenon? 
Like never, but there are people saying "Let's go, Brandon," and they have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, but, but no, no big deals on sponsorships, so it must not be. It must not be a politically. I mean, you see, you see what on one side of the fence, Bubba Wallace with all that privilege, Columbia, DoorDash, uh, McDonald's, all these sponsorships, but then you've got on the other end of the spectrum, Brandon Brown. Who's you know? I mean, any argument has had just as good of a career as Bubba Wallace has, and uh, crickets. That's all we've heard with his publicity. All right, so quick Philly season update. Uh, I'll go over the Ty Dillon news. Like like I said, Ty Dillon with GMS for 2022 and Cup. Um, there has been talks about. Eric Almarola and the 10 car with Stuart Haas racing. Now, people have been wondering, is he going? Is he staying? Is he going? As far as we, as far as I have known and what Bob Packers has put out, it's looking like Almarola will be staying as long as Smithfield, Smithfield and Stuart Haas can work out a contract extension. And with Alma Rolla's New Hampshire win, it kind of uh, helped some of the conversations there. So as long as Smithfield is on board, which by some of the talk, it's probably going to look like it will happen. Alma Rolla will be staying at Surhaas in the 10 car. But uh, other than that, we know that Chef Have y'all seen the price off. of bacon? Yeah, it's about the price, about as high as the price of friggin' milk and gas. Oh, those things talk about gas. Uh, oh, yeah. We know Steak, seventy-one dollars. Crab, seventy dollars. You can't even get shrimp under twenty dollars. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's just uh, it's inflation, guys. It is. There's no no other way around it. Bacon. I think we paid $22 for four pounds of bacon. Is that right, Mom? $22 for four pounds of bacon? 22 pounds for four, oh no, $22 for four pounds of bacon. Is that what we paid? Say, say $4 for 22 pounds? I'll take that. No, no, 20, yeah, yeah, right. No, 20, $22 <laughs> for four pounds. That's crazy. That was a as far as we know of, uh, Ross Chastain with, with uh, Chris's Amigo, Daniel Suarez for Trackhouse, so Trackhouse expanding to two cars. Cindric joining Penske with BK leaving Penske to go over to Roush with part ownership in there. BK taking over the number six ride. Uh, RCR going to stay with Austin Dillon and uh, Tyler Reddick. Stuart Haas is going to keep their four-car stable. Uh, for driver lineup as long as uh, Almarola gets Smithfield backing behind them. Uh, Larson, of course, contract ex- extension through 2023 at Hendrick. Uh, LaJoy staying with Spire. Uh, Hendrick, so essentially Hendrick keeps the lineup that they have. Joe Gibbs staying with the lineup that they have with all four of them. Uh Justin Haley with colleague, we knew about that already. 
Uh, Chris Busher staying in the 17. Harrison Burton will take over the Wood Brothers 21, leaving Matt DiBenedetto a free agent. And we still don't know where he's going yet. Uh, he's had plenty of talks with all three series, but it's just a matter of where will he fall. Uh, let's see. Does Bubba anybody question a... these moves real quick before we get too far off? Does anybody, does anybody question these moves? Justin Haley, a cup ride. Todd Dillon, a cup ride. Ross Chastain is the second driver of track house. I mean, you know, those are not – none of those drivers are turning my head like, ooh, wow. You know, I mean, Corey LaJoy, he's been a good – he's been a good asset, but he's not going to turn your head. Uh, these new cup teams are just filling their filling their uh, cars with drivers who have already failed at other organizations. Why do they think that these guys are going to be successful in their organization? Well, well here's, here's the twister. Here's a twister here. Justin Haley even. Justin Haley, is he's a joke, guys. That kid is a joke. He's not the real deal. Well, AJ I mean, Allmendinger would be a better fit in that car. John Hunter Nemechek, okay? Yeah, but you know, these are the guys. Also, hey, real quick, for Front Row Motorsports is rumored that not only did they walk out of the deal with Denny Hamlin, but they are also rumored to be going to Toyota next year, if that's not a plot twist for you. It is rumored that Front Row Motorsports will be racing Toyotas next year. Well, Even you want after plot- walking out on the deal with Denny Hamlin. Yeah, you want a plot twist for next year, though, too, because the front with Front Row walking off on Denny Hamlin, which means Kurt Busch's car is not a charter car, which means he has to qualify for every race. Ty Dillon with GMS, that's not a charter car either. They have to qualify for every race as well. So, Kurt Busch Busch and Ty Dillon are going to have to qualify. That's not something that we're used to. Yeah. Yeah, I don't believe that those guys are going to go into next season without charters. Um, I just think that the whole charter situation is not done changing hands. We'll we'll see more throughout the off season. But it is very interesting that these that these teams, these new cup teams are not going for the big name drivers. They're going for somebody else's washed up no talent drivers that you know I mean put AJ Almondinger Justin Haley is not even the he doesn't even he, AJ's got more uh, 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 experience in his pinky toe than Justin Haley does in his entire body. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. And I see your reasoning, and I agree, but you also have to see it this way. With colleagues, yes, you have cup experience with Almendinger, and you have some cup experience with Justin Haley. But in a long-term sense, who would you really go with? Who who are you going to really last longer with? For, are you going to last longer with Justin Haley, who could probably give you three or four years, maybe five? Or are you going to go with A.J. Allmendinger, who could be a year-by-year situation? Look, if I, if I was colleague racing, I would put A.J. Allmendinger in as my full-time driver. If I was GMS racing, 
I would I would have Josh Berry as my full time driver. If I no, you're rushing Josh Berry to the Cup Series. Hey, at least he's getting experience. We're talking about Todd Dillon. Todd Dillon is not going to come out and just all of a sudden be a better racer. He couldn't even get the job done in Joe Gibbs' equipment this year. Ross Chastain is the only question mark out of all these drivers. Because we've seen success by Daniel Suarez. We don't know how successful Suarez can be in a track house car. But we know what Chip Ganassi was capable of over the last several years, which wasn't very much. So, you know, this whole Chastain deal to, to, to track house, it just seems like these guys could have either brought some talent up from the Xfinity Series or at least got a driver that was already more capable that's in the Cup Series, like a Dean Bedetto or a possibly a Ryan Newman. I mean, you're telling me that Dustin Haley is more talented than Ryan Newman. It's just not possible, dude. I mean, I understand loyalship and, 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 and Haley's, you know, done this for colleague racing or whatever and got Spire Motorsports their first win. I mean, I get it, right? There's some loyalty. And if you don't think that those two teams are not playing backyard spades together, you are crazy because those guys, they, these two, Spire and colleague racing, they, they have something behind the scenes that we don't know about. There, there's, some, there's some money being exchanged between these two between these two supposed teams. I, I think they're all the same team, to be honest with you. But anyway, we've we've gotten off subject. It's uh it's time to close the show out. Does anybody have any uh last comments or anything before we uh before we close out? Because I don't believe silly season is over with yet either. Uh Taz Taylor, I would not I would be very surprised if uh there was a change immediately at Stuart Haas Racing. I would not be surprised if Kevin Harvick announced his retirement at the end of this year. But I expect him to announce his retirement at the end of this year being that next year is his last year. But who knows? Kevin Harvick, he's a big question mark. Just depends on how much really this season did beat him up. Yeah, I think. Uh, and Tony Stewart was basically right. announcing that he was taking the NHRA team to uh, to to buy it. It kind of lets you know there that Tony's Tony's got his his hands in a lot of fires right now. And if I'm Tony, if I'm Kevin Harvick, I'm seeing the writing on the wall that Tony doesn't have his ass right now on a Cup team anymore. And uh, I would probably be, uh, it, it, I would not be surprised to hear Kevin Harvick announce at, at Phoenix that he's not that he's not coming back. I'm just putting that out there. Somebody has whispered in my ear all year long that Kevin Harvick was going to retire at the end of this year, and I told them, no way. Not going to happen. But based off the comments that he said, that, hey, you know, this could have been his – Kevin Harvick may not want to get uh, love from every racetrack like all these others that sign off. Matter of fact, I don't, I don't know of too many drivers that love Kevin Harvick, so – I don't think it would be a kumbaya story such as Jeff Gordon and Jimmy Johnson and all these other drivers. But thank you guys for listening to Race Chat Live, Taz. Craig, y'all got anything? No, man. I'm good, brother. I'm glad you want to thank everybody for listening. All right. Taz, send us off, brother. 
All right. Well, being the lookout, uh, the next couple of weeks we have a nice little uh, fan contest for y'all on our Facebook page in concerns with the championship four. Be on the lookout for that in the next couple of weeks. Teaser. And uh, thank you again for listening in to Race Chat Live tonight. Thank you again.